This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 103, our 2021 wrap-up episode. Welcome to our last episode of 2021. I'm Eric Miller, your host for these podcasts and a co-owner at PADT. We started the year uh, 2021 with episode 79, and this is episode 103, meaning we've managed 24 episodes over the year, including our milestone 100th episode. That's not too shabby. A big thanks to you and all of our listeners, Trevor Rubinoff for producing things, and all of our guests throughout the year. 2021 was a far more momentous year than we had hoped, and in many ways, uh, we were not expecting. I was looking at the blog post I did for PDT at the end of 2020, where I foolishly said things would be back to normal by April of 2021. Well, I got that wrong. We have not even gotten to the much-discussed new normal, and dealing with things as they come seems to be what everyone did and what we can expect well into 2022. It was a good year for ANSYS, and I'll go over that um, after our group discussion, but in general, the consensus seems to be uh, across the ANSYS world that most everyone has managed to adapt and even grow over the past 20 months since this all started with the virus. And what amplifies that success is knowing that so many people have been directly affected, either by the disease or by impact from the disease, in a negative way. Um, and, I'll, and I'll share a story that I don't think I've shared on the podcast before. As an example, um, and this is peripherally involved in the ANSYS world, we moved the venerable ANSYS.org user group, that's, a, that's an online uh, forum for, for ANSYS users, to a new server. Um, and, and everything was going fine. Then, then the, the guy running the server just kind of stopped responding to requests from the moderators. Uh, PDT pays for the, for the site, but we don't moderate it anymore. Um, then, then we got an email from the owner apologizing, saying he had come down with COVID and he would get back to us when he felt better. Um, and then we didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And a few weeks later, his wife sent an email uh, letting us know that he had passed away. He was in his early 40s with a family and a thriving business. And he went into the hospital uh, hoping to get better and he never came out. So um, over time, she did find a buyer and things are working better now for the, for the list that we're running there, xansys.org. But the catastroph- uh, catastrophe showed that even, um, you know, even though the, low, the odds are quite low uh, for this being a fatal disease, it's really devastating for those that the virus kills. And so even though he was peripherally involved in the ANSYS world, our thoughts go out to his family and uh, those people recovering from the impact of him no longer being with us. So once again, um, I want to express my thankfulness for everyone in the PDT family, the ANSYS family, and my own family uh, for making it through another challenging year and uh, couldn't have done everything without everybody's help. So um, serious stuff, but um, overall we seem to have all done mostly pretty well. So, um, speaking of the year, we gathered around the virtual meeting table uh, on Microsoft Teams and had a great discussion with about half of our ANSYS support team to view what they liked uh, ANSYS-wise about 2021, as well as a few predictions for the future. So let's take a listen to that. Greetings, everybody. Uh, Here we are in uh, December 10th, the end of 2021. 
Um, and uh, we've been doing this podcast for a few years now, and every year at the our last episode, we like to gather together as much of our tech support uh, group as we can um, to talk about uh, the year in review in the world of ANSYS. So I want to thank everybody for joining us uh, once again. Uh, Folks are already taken off a little bit, or um, we had a really important customer meeting this week, and so uh, a few folks that normally join us are busy catching up from being uh, in meetings for three days, so they couldn't join us. But uh, we've got a great group, and um, I'll just go around the virtual room and ask you to introduce yourselves um, and what you do here at PADT. And on my list, um, Kang Lee, you're first. Uh, Let's know a little bit about you. Hello, my name is Kang, and I have been at PADT for exactly one year. Oh, congrats! <laughs> my background That's is awesome. in low-frequency electromagnetics. So uh, I support customers uh, like tools using tools like um, MotorCAD, Maxwell, or um, other similar tools related to electromagnetics in low-frequency area. Great, great. A bit of a plug for some of the videos. Uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, the PDT INC YouTube channel, um, you can see some of the the amazing uh, videos that he's been creating um, that show how to use some of these low frequency uh, ANSYS electromagnetics tools. And I found them very useful for me to understand them quite a bit better. Miles. All right. So my name is Miles Atkins. Um, I've been at PDT for three and a half years, I think, something like that. Um, my my background is in uh, fluid dynamics and thermal transport. Um, at PADT, my kind of primary focus has been in system modeling of these thermal fluid networks, primarily using Flonex simulation environment. Great. Great. And then uh, next on my list is Robert McCatherine. And, and for those of you that aren't in Tempe, why don't you also let our listeners know where you're calling in from? Absolutely. Hey, I'm Rob McCatherine. I'm from uh, Houston, Texas. And I've been with PADT for about three years as a uh, mechanical application engineer. Uh, my background is mainly in you know structures, large and small, and floating and not floating, and all sorts of fun things. Um, so, yeah, that's where I land on the mechanical side. Great. Fantastic. Alex. Alex Moody. <laughs> oh, hey, my name is Alex Moody. I'm calling in from Knoxville, Tennessee. I've been with PADDT for about two months as an application engineer in high-frequency electromagnetics. I'm also branching out a little bit and learning about some of the other ANSYS products like IcePack. Great. Excellent. Very good. And then our other Alex, pronounced just slightly different, yeah. Hi. Yeah. This is Alexander. Um, yeah. That uh, I'm basically with BET for well, reaching three years in a few months, uh, and then I'm um, high frequency application engineering lead. So if you have any questions for high frequency, I probably can have an answer for you. So reach out. <laughs> Great. Yes. Definitely. I want to excerpts and. Uh, uh, is enjoying the recent snow in Denver, I, I hear. Yes, that's, that's where I am. Yep. <laughs> uh, Joe Woodward. Hey, this is Joe Woodward. I'm senior mechanical engineer and lead trainer, uh, which means I do a lot of the training, help organize things, uh, but I also specialize in meshing and structural and scripting. Yeah. So I think I've been, I'm here in Tempe, but 
uh, I think I've been uh, been here 20 years with BADT mm-hmm. at this point. Fantastic. Good, good, good. Uh, Ahmed. Hey, uh, my name is Ahmed. I specialize in anything that is install, licensing, HPC, RSM. So all the fun stuff that you need to do to get to run ANSYS, uh, based in Tempe, and I have been with PDT for seven years. Great, fantastic. And then last on my list, which I can't quite figure out the order, it's not alphabetical at all, is Tom Chadwick. Hey, this is Tom Chadwick. I'm one of the uh, CFD support engineers here at PADT. I've been here uh, in the Tempe office for going on eight years now. I think beginning of March or beginning of April, it'll be four, It'll be eight years. Great. Fantastic. Yeah, we're not quite sure how to count the last two years. Was it a full two years? Was it six years? Was it a, a quarter of a year? <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of where I want to start the discussion is... Um, for me, 2021 went super fast. It seems like um, they released uh, ANSYS 2021 uh, R1 uh, like three months ago, and they released R2 a month ago. Um, it was really compressed for me. So um, I, I, I like to start with, you know, what was your your guys's favorite thing that came from ANSYS um, during during the last 12 months and. And mine was the ZMAX acquisition. I'll just start right there and say I'm so excited about that. Um, what do you guys think? I'll jump in first. Mine was the uh, the multi-stage cyclic symmetry. Ah, yeah. I've been waiting for that for a long time so that you can do uh, different sector counts for different mm-hmm. stages and, and merge all these pieces together. It's It's going to be really cool. And is that fully released or beta, or I haven't had time to really dig into it? Yeah, I'm still digging into it, but it's fully released. Okay, good. And there's support in both mechanical and mechanical APDL. Yeah. And and the reason why we're so excited about that, um, a little bit of history, um, you know, a lot of us here at PADT, including all three founders, came from uh, what's now Honeywell Engines. And we spent a lot of time wanting to be able to model multiple stages in a jet engine where the blade count uh, is not, you know, evenly divisible by the same number, right? So if you, you do a wedge that's 150th and a wedge that's 137th, um, how do you hook those together and do one analysis? Um, and uh, we spent a lot of time thinking about it, never figured it out, but somebody at ANSYS did. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we're really excited about being able to do full rotor simulation without modeling every single blade. Right. But even more than that, it's, you know, gear analysis where yeah. you have separate gears that are different uh, tooth counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they have other features on the gear itself that are different sector counts right. along with the teeth. So things like that. Yeah. Anything that rotates that's got different uh, different wedge sizes for if you break it up into cyclic symmetry. So right. a lot of cool applications. Um so we'll we'll look forward to learning more about that. Um, I, I agree with you. That's a that's been a long time coming. That's pretty. It's really cool. And the and the CFD guys have had it for a little while, um, but uh, now now we can do it with the, the structural side of things. So that's amazing. Um, anybody else have something they're excited about? Now, from the oh. CFD side, the the big thing um, was this year they um, made an arrangement with the. Uh, 
channel partner down in South America that's developed a tool called Rocky right. um, that allows them to do particulate flows of a wide variety of different types of things. And they've integrated it with ANSYS now so you can connect it to all the other tools and do fluids and particle interactions, um, particles and structures so you can do wear effects on mechanical objects gears rotating drums things like that you can model the effects of the particles rubbing on things so it's got a lot of capability and it, it is fully integrated with workbench now so you can tie it in with all the other applications and and the good news is I was just talking to them last week, and um, we're going to get them on the schedule for early next year to give us an update on what's new in, in Rocky. So we'll make sure we in, invite you up to that one. As oh, well. definitely. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming. Yep. Cool. Uh, anybody else got something they're excited about? Yeah, th th this is Rob over here, and I'm been excited about the uh, improvements to like batch connections and topology for show models mm -hmm. um, within mechanical because it's everything you know I wanted to have you know a decade ago brought in mm -hmm. and so uh, I was working on very large structural models doing shells sometimes you get stuff in from the drafting department or whatever that's not quite connected or connected through and <laughs> and now the uh, the improvement to the batch connections is such that you know ANSYS will hunt through for those things based on a tolerance and then just attach everything together for you so you don't have have to you know go back and hunt for these guys as much as you used to um at all and uh additionally with that batch connection improvement is the introduction of the uh oh that old weld extension that's now been yeah. fully incorporated in uh, it was incorporated in i think uh it was a beta feature in last summer's update and then it's just been worked on and worked on throughout this year so it's it's definitely made some really long strides in terms of improvements and they keep on you know adding uh, or wanting to add different types of welds to it so uh -huh. that's good stuff excellent yeah really really upping the game with the large structure simulation for for ansys yeah much much better cool anybody else have something that uh... yeah uh, let's uh bring back the nerdiness level back to the surface uh good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> excellent <laughs> a couple of things the first the biggest thing that i've noticed uh, last year was cloud and elastic licensing gear in terms of support we were yeah. spending hours and hours and hours trying to get people up and running with elastic and cloud and I think ANSYS has done enough refinement and both users and support staff have learned enough that Cloud and Elastic is no longer, you know, hit the uh, SOS button, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of support. Uh, and and it's, it's working a lot better and customers are getting more out of the Cloud and the Elastic than uh, they did previously, which is, which is a, you know, it's, it's good. It's, uh, it's refreshing to get something that works. Yeah. Uh, the other bit is uh, ANSYS Minerva, which is uh -huh. the simulation data management workflow kind of uh, master tool. Uh, they released the latest version this year, the R2 version, and it's almost a complete rewrite in terms of installation, implementation, things like that, which heavily sim simplifies rolling it out. The engineering part is still... You know, it's like trying to herd cats getting engineers to use a, yeah. a workflow tool. But yeah. on the back end, the IT part, it, they simplified it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's really good news. Um, 
we've been waiting for Minerva to mature quite a bit. Um, and, uh, uh, I'm glad to hear that it's easier to install and stuff. And if you, if people listening haven't tried it yet, you know, it's a, it's kind of like your PLM tool for your CAD system, but for engineering data and much more workflow based. Um, and, uh, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, it's based on an open source uh, kernel that's fairly well proven. And uh, I'm glad to hear that the installation is better as well. Um, that's yeah. that's really good news. But it doesn't replace your PL. No, PLM. it works it, with it your PLM. Integrates yep. with the PLM. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So your you know simulation is different than CAD files. If you've ever tried to use a CAD PLM uh, to do simulation, you know that. And uh, and so this is really oriented towards uh, what we need as, as simulation users. Probably. Uh, you know, let me know, Ahmed, if you want to come on and talk about it, um, and anybody else that wants to join us, I think it's time to to really dig into what it does and what it doesn't do, and um, people need to start taking a look at it. So, exciting stuff. Uh, cool. And this is Carl here mm -hmm. uh, from the um, ADT ANSYS electronics side. Yeah. So last year, the mechanical was included as a better option in ADT, and this year, it is officially included in the uh, ADT interface. Mm -hmm. So I feel that this is convenient for electrical engineers, which is um, friendly for um, electrical engineers to use and um, easier to do the couplings between uh, electromagnetic and mechanical. Good. And I do feel that this is also the, the trend for the future that uh, the multi-physics coupling will mm -hmm. be easier and easier. <laughs> Really important stuff. Yeah, that's so, so true. Good, good. Like to hear that. And they, yeah, most of the stuff we do in low frequency is is very heavily uh, integrated with mechanical. Right, you're actuating something or or generating torque or pulling uh, uh, energy with with the generator. So it's really important stuff. Yeah, cool. Good. Anything on the HFSS side that anybody wants to point out? Yeah, well, once I heard, you know, Kong said electromagnetics, so that was that triggered me to, uh, you know, you wake up, up, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Alexander's going to be on here for hours now. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I'm, saving, yeah, I'm saving the best for last. So. <laughs> I mean, overall, I mean, I think HFSS, um, and by HFSS, I guess we we're going to just uh, say high frequency. So what yeah. I really enjoyed seeing this year that um, well first of all there is now uh, 3D cable solution is yeah. actually really active really good solution uh, everybody's happy about that so it's called EMA 3D it's a partnership at this point so but still we can we actually uh, um, you know selling that too so that's that's one of the best uh, things in the market at this point they also start doing some charge um simulation so it's like if you have some aircraft or satellite you know up in the air and this uh, solution charge can actually uh, do some simulation for well how 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 it will behave if you're gonna hit by lightning for example strike by lightning so it, it's something unique it's not too many uh people out there who does that kind of stuff but that's not the only excitement actually the the more fun thing is the photonics and this yes. whole high frequency you know transmission of data basically comes in so i think this year ansys uh, kind of basically start paying attention a lot more into photonics and that's when you know your favorite <laughs> eric your favorite uh, z max came yes. aboard <laughs> so 
so so yeah, I'm I'm building the little bridge for you to start talking about Dmax now. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's one of the best things. Like uh, we started thinking about photonics, and and that's what you know high frequency really means because you know well whatever we do in electromagnetics high frequency that's um, you know what you can call it 100 gigahertz maybe up to you know 200 300 gigahertz but now with photonics we can actually embark on terahertz and things like that so yeah so higher and higher <laughs> yeah it, it, it's um really really cool all the stuff that we can do and the, and the cabling is something that i think we want to really pay attention to and, and talk about in fact we had a design project that had a a cabling problem and if if we had uh, had those it's an older design if we had those tools when we did the older design i think we could have avoided those problems um so on the no redesign usually, yeah sorry yeah <laughs> yeah a quick, quick one i would just say no no one usually uh care about the cables because they, right. they used to don't really worry about that basically by, by saying oh it's just the cable is shielded everything is fine <laughs> well it's not <laughs> it's never yeah, never it's never <laughs> it's, it's not it's not and a, and a field revealed problem was turned out to be traced to rf leakage and mm -hmm. uh, um you know it's uh, on the redesign and hopefully we'll be able to call you in to, to take a look at a couple different options so it'll be fun yeah yeah. Um, anybody else have anything uh, they want to talk about from the the year gone past before we yeah take the, out our crystal balls? Yeah, go ahead. There you go. The 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 integration of Python. Oh yeah. Into everything. Uh, yes. They they've released these new Python modules of mm -hmm. uh, PyAnsys, PyMAPDL, PyADT, mm -hmm. um, just to be able to to set up a Python script and have ANSYS running in the background mm -hmm. uh, to be able to integrate different, you know, all these different tools mm -hmm. uh, in a scripting format. It's just going to be awesome. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, and and uh, really taking it to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all open source. Mm -hmm. They're releasing it on GitHub. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, the, the community will uh, expand things rather quickly, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to talk more about that as well. I'm, I'm actually making a list for future episodes. You guys are coming up with some good stuff to, to dig into. <laughs> and 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 I got tricked by the the pi is it pi ADT? Pi A E D T, yeah. E D T. And I thought it was a kind of a typo for P A D T and I realized that no, it's it's the it's the uh, Python interface for the electronic desktop products, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, expect to see some amazing things to come from users. I mean, you've always been able to do some customization, um, but now they re they literally have opened it up. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, let's let's take out those crystal balls and see. Uh, for multiple years, I was predicting the acquisition of ZMAX, and so I finally got one right. Uh, I think it's the only one I've ever gotten right on prediction. Um, well, if you just pick a company and just wait long enough, we'll probably get something. out of the quack. Just buy it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, thinking about uh, features that are coming down the road that you'd like to see or expect to see, or maybe the next acquisition. I don't. I don't know that there's anybody big out there for them to acquire anymore. So I'm expecting more um, little niche players. But uh, anybody got any thoughts about uh, the next year or the years beyond? Well, Joe already took one that I was going to mention, which was the. I saw some presentations this week 
talking about the Python integration in Fluent, yes. and they're talking about the ability to script in Fluent to be able to do everything, meshing, job submission to a remote cluster, everything all from a Python script. And it made my head spin thinking about all the things that people could do with customized workflows. And I mean, they were showing how you could even modify the, create your own custom interface. So it was no longer yeah. workbench now. It's yeah. Yeah. whatever you want it to be is what it's going to be. So you could create an interface that you'll be able to create an interface that's custom to your workflow. Mm -hmm. So that should simplify things for the bigger companies that do the same kinds of work over and over again. Right. Yeah. Investing a little bit of effort up front to be able to set up a custom workflow and you can hand it to just about anybody and say, okay, we need you to analyze this new product. Here's the workflow, click the buttons and it'll solve and get you the answers you need. And you know, it has all the the results and everything so you can customize, you know, Campbell diagrams, modal frequency plots, um, mm -hmm. you know, performance, all kinds of things like that. You can customize it and get all those plots and create reports and do all this all automated with a single, you know, you just give it the geometry and say go. And it yeah. should be able to go and do whatever you want it to do. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. It's yeah. not just being able to send commands to Fluent or send commands to yeah. MAPDL. It's also just pulling that data back and being able to right. use Python to manipulate the data right. you know, with all the different modules, SciPy mm -hmm. and and uh, plotting right. modules and things to be mm -hmm. able to deal with all that data outside the code as well as inside. Yeah. Well, and, and and one of the things that I'm I'm going to predict not in the near term, but the long term, longer term with this uh, Ansys Python stuff is there's a lot of data analytics built into and artificial intelligence built into Python libraries, and I wonder if we're going to start seeing people use Ansys simulation more to do machine learning. All right. Um, yeah. That's what I was... yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see that more and more because right now it's kind of a pain to hook it up to your machine learning. Um, but with these Python hooks, it's really going to be easy. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. That's going to, I'm still not convinced that it's going to, that's what, what, you know, creating yeah, all this data and, and then using machine learning. Um, I got, I got to understand the use cases better. But there sure yeah. are a lot of people that want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's not going to put us out of jobs for quite some time. Nope. No. Nope. Well, no, no, no. And it's the whole inter Internet of Things, Internet yep. of Things that, that people, you know, like you said, data analytics, it's going to be getting all the performance data from all of right. your 5,000 products out there and being able to predict what the performance. And, you know, I can remember do working at, GE a lot of years ago and they were they were very big into hooking sensors onto the all of their industrial gas turbines to measure performance and measure you know fuel quality going into the engine and measuring all kinds of performance numbers and temperatures and things like that and doing predictive mapping so you could tell the customer okay 
you know, your engine is reaching 90% life on this part. It's time to replace that part and scheduling all that stuff and, and optimizing things like that. It's going to be amazing what you could do with that. So look, look, definitely look for that. Uh, what else um, do you guys see coming down the pipe or want to see? I've been interested. I've been interested. Miles is Miles was showing me the other day uh, a model he's working on where they're connecting uh, fluent into uh, the one D Flonex tool and doing predictions of transient behavior of systems where you can model the system in Flonex in a transient way and then use that as inputs into fluent and do some really serious prediction and that's going to be yeah i think that's going to be amazing yeah that's that's super exciting so yeah there the integration between flonex and and ansys product line has been around for a while um i was trying to get an actual date on it but i I know you know we're talking about things that happened in the last year um you know, Flonex is a, is a technology partner with Ansys now, which is exciting. And mm. it's kind of cool to see how that, that integration is, is going to further evolve. I predict the next uh, acquisition. It's going to be Flonex. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. I yeah. was wondering when they're going to keep working to tighten that relationship down to the point yeah. where Flonex yeah. becomes a product that they... Integrate some of these part, partner tools, you know, that yeah, when does right. it make sense to just make it an ANSYS product rather than uh, than paying royalties? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Good point. But I think Motion's another one. Um, the a Korean company actually writes it, right? Um, I can't remember if they acquired them yet or not, but um, MotorCAD, another one. Yep. Good point. Um, what else? Um, anything, anything on the high frequency side you guys are predicting or hoping for? Well, yeah, I would just say that um, on a high frequency for sure, you know, you can see the, the development happening and we're pushing the limits of the frequency now, right? So it's photonics. So yeah. I don't think there'll be much more purchases in photonics because at this point, Lumerica and ZMAX will be sufficient for us to to right. chew on for at least a couple of years to make things integrated perfectly um yeah I, I, don't, I don't know i mean actually at, at this point there's so much stuff right now in high frequency that it's um yeah it will, it will take take a while to you know put everything together in, in a like really solid fashion so mm-hmm. the, the thing which I was thinking about, and probably my prediction is going to be just like yours, Eric, about <laughs> Vmax, not because it's going to happen, but because it's going to take forever <laughs> to happen. <laughs> so I'm still in the same, you know, pharmaceutical and bio, biology kind of side of things. Yes. Because, um, uh, you know, last year, I probably, I think I had the same prediction that mm-hmm. it's supposed to move into the, you know, pharmaceutical mm-hmm. science. Um, but, yeah, now with the, you know, COVID being already sort of past sort of present i don't know it's somewhere here um but yeah it still definitely brings a lot of more companies who who understands now the value of the simulation mm-hmm. being yeah. a lot more you know much faster and much cleaner in this case rather than just making you know three five year cycle to develop some drugs so like in this case it's it's 
I'm pretty sure people start now looking around like, actually, yeah, let's do the simulation first. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so I'm, I'm waiting for pharmaceutical to yeah. kick in <laughs> into this mix. Agreed. Of, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we did talk about it in a previous uh, episode, so we'll just keep mentioning that until it happens. Yes, uh, that's, I, that's I, the strategy. <laughs> I, would, I would like to see it um, for a lot of different reasons, pharmaceutical being one, but there's a lot of other chemical processes that, uh, other than combustion, which we can do, um, that uh, we'd love to see. Yeah, good, really good point. Cool. One thought that, uh, again, as a simulation outsider, Mm-hmm. That that comes across, and this is a pattern that I've seen over the past, you know, eight years with PDT, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's basically how do you maintain and train the new engineers versus yes. all the turnover that's happening, yes. especially with the pandemic. A lot of people are retiring, or a lot of people are yes. switching careers. How do you increase efficiency, improve, you know, the turnaround time on simulations, and how to get the new engineers productive? And one of these things that I've seen personally is one of our bigger customers requesting the reevaluation of ANSYS RSM to simplify <laughs> submitting to the cluster. They were like, oh, these old timers, they'll never leave their ways. You know, all of them love the Linux command line writing scripts and things like that. But when you get new hires who are trying to right. grasp 50,000 different concepts at the same time, simplifying simulation is, uh, is front and center. And maybe that can be seen with the discovery products as well. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting because not only have we seen uh, older users retire, but the companies tend to want their younger employees to be to do 12 things. Right. They're the special. I guess my point is specialization that existed in the 80s and, and, and 90s when ANSYS simulation was really growing and coming into its own is, is gone. Right it's not there just aren't that many specialists anymore and everybody's going to be uh, do 12 different things so what you're talking about is really important yeah well uh i'll be mentioned since uh Ahmed mentioned discovery mm-hmm. and uh so discovery is getting some more improvements uh next year and i'm really hoping you know everything makes it in uh because you know as we know before discovery is a amalgamation of discovery live and discovery aim and aim mm-hmm. had a lot of uh other features that were kind of standard to other flagship solvers. So I've been told uh, that, you know, we should see the ability to do shell modeling in uh, 2020, uh, sorry, 22 R1. And then in uh, 22 R2, maybe there's, there's beams. So they're going to be adding in uh, beam and shell modeling again to discovery, but I'm on the refined mode. Mm-hmm. So on the stage, it uses, utilizes the flagships. And then i I pinged somebody about all the old polyflow stuff that was in there, and I I keep on getting your yeses and noes. So <laughs> we'll see about that. Hopefully Super that, because I know, yeah, because I, I know one of the main draws to AIM was that people could get that polyflow functionality along with all the other regular mechanical thermal stuff they needed. So it um it really helped people with that, and we had a, a few customers that used it for that. So hopefully that's coming back in. Good point. I forgot all about that. Yeah, Polyflow is um, um, for those that don't know, it's a it's a tool that does um, thermoplastic simulation, so extrusion and and uh, vacuum forming and blow molding and things like that. And uh, they they put it in ANSYS AIM as a modern interface, and uh, then then we moving away from ANSYS AIM. So um, you know, it'll be good to see it in Discovery. That'll be nice. Good, good. good. 
Um, anything else? Uh, any any parting shots uh, before before we move on? Uh, up there, I'm 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 expecting more more system stuff um, and more more digital twin. You know, the ability to do these large virtual mockups and uh, more simplified models, and um, that's another thing I mention every year because it because it, it, it happens every year. So I'll also say the solvers will get faster next year because every year they make the solvers faster. So. I'll sign up for that. Um, I don't know how they're going to solve the problem of not being able to buy a GPU anymore because of all the Bitcoin mining. Um, but uh, if you do have one, there's, there'll probably be some enhancements along GPU as well. Uh, but uh, we've stopped buying them here at PADT because they're 4x the normal price. Um, and uh, we just can't can't justify that. Um, well, I want to I want to finish up by thanking all you guys and 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 those that couldn't make it for uh, once again being the the best support team out there in the Ansys world and uh, helping our users uh, be productive and uh, we we had different challenges in 2021 than we did in 2020 um, but we still had a lot of unique challenges and I I suspect that 2022 is not going to be quote unquote normal. Um, I, and, and I'm not going to use the term new normal because I don't know what that is, but, uh, I, I look forward to uh, getting through it with you guys. So I want to thank you for a great, another great year and, uh, looking forward to the future. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Thanks, All right, we'll talk, everybody have a great holiday break and we'll, we'll see you in January. A big shout out to everyone in the discussion and the rest of the team that were too busy to join us, especially Ted and Doug, who lead the team. Uh, some of you don't know that uh, we reorganized the support team, and uh, Ted moved up to become the director of simulation support instead of just the manager, and he's still the acting manager of what we call post-sale support, while Doug Otis stepped up to take over as the manager of pre-sales. I've been looking at the uh, stats for the year, and it's resulted in an even better level of support to our existing customers with a little bit of focus there, and a fantastic assistant to, uh, assistance to our sales team and prospective, uh, prospective customers who are learning about the ANSYS solutions and need our technical help in um, getting to know the products before they buy them. So a uh, big change uh, in the technical support team in 2021 uh, for the better, and uh, of course we're actually adding folks um, as you met some of them on that interview. This episode's commercial is simple. Uh, we hope to work with you and your company in 2022. That could be around ANSYS with PDT supplying with you with your ANSYS tools, support, training, or simulation consulting, or perhaps you need a Stratasys or EOS 3D printer or need some parts 3D printed by our fantastic prototyping team at PDT. Maybe you will need optical scanning or you will reach out uh, to our product development team for assistance with design issues. Whatever it is you need, Reach out to info at PADTINC.com and let us know how we can help. Let's take one more look at the ANSYS stock before the end of the year. Uh, it's not done. There's three more weeks left in the year, so who the heck knows what's going to happen by the end of the year. But right now, ANSYS is up, finishing the week in December 10th, uh, on December 10th, <laughs> at $398.45 a share for the ANSS stock. Um, that's up 9.52% for the year. And the S&P 500 in comparison is up 25% for the year. We'll dive deeper into these numbers in our first episode in 2022 after the market is closed for the year, and we can see how they did overall. 
Uh, it's a slow news time out there, so there really is no ANSYS news or any PDT news to um, report. But um, this does give us a, a chance to, um, uh, to to really talk about what's going on um, in the ANSYS world um, in 2021. What's what's the what's the news and review? So let's take a look at that. Um, the uh, 2021 started with announcing the six winners of the 2020. I'm getting confused in all these numbers here. I'm, hopefully I'm getting them right. So we're talking about 2021, and this is an announcement of the six winners for the 2020 Artist Simulation Contest. Um, and if you remember that, uh, it was pretty cool. So this is a contest they had where they asked people to submit results from their simulations, and uh, they did a little art contest, and uh, some, some really amazing things were shown in that. Um, also in January, the HFSS team announced Mesh Fusion, which we talked about here on the podcast, and it changed the way people build high-frequency electromagnetic models. Uh, a, a major change um, in, in, in a wonderful way, a much better way to, to do things and to deal with uh, complicated geometry. So that was, a, that was a big announcement at the beginning of the year. Then Fast Company put ANSYS on their list of the world's most innovative companies for 2021, and that was in March. And a topic we covered here on the podcast was then the partnership with ESSS, which is the channel partner down in South America and Central America, um, that integrates Rocky DEM into the ANSYS and also allows people to buy Rocky from their ANSYS provider. If you remember, Rocky DEM is a discrete element modeling tool that allows you to basically model lots of little particles or big particles and how they interact with each other. Very cool tool. Um, and that was in April that that announcement came. And we've seen some great progress there as well. We'll probably talk to them again uh, in 2022. Then in May, ANSYS acquired a company called Phoenix Integration, and they're the premier model-based engineering tool on the market. And we're starting to see that get integrated closer to the ANSYS tool, and uh, we should see more in this coming year as well. But if you're a systems modeling person, you got excited about that. July also saw the launch of a free student version of the ANSYS electronic desktop. So uh, the ANSYS CFD products and mechanical products have been uh, available to students for quite some time, um, and they needed to make some changes to the infrastructure in ANSYS electronic desktop to get it to where they could do a uh, free student version, and that's been done. And so that came out in July. So uh, you'll see lots and lots of people, uh, students um, now learning HFSS as part of their, their schooling now, which is great. Then uh, Fast Company came back in August and also added ANSYS to another list. This was the 100 best places to work for innovators, and I totally agree with that. Um, having uh, had the chance to work with the innovators at ANSYS, uh, yeah, it is a great place to work if you're that kind of person. Then the big news for the year happened. It was kind of the last big news story um, at the end of August, and ANSYS announced its acquisition of ZMAX, which we've talked about until the cows come home. So I won't belabor that point anymore. Um, there were a lot of other news stories in the ANSYS world uh, during the year. Most of them were about new partnerships with uh, different tools, with universities, with customers, uh, some awards from customers, things like that. So if you go to the news site on the ANSYS website, you can learn more about all the other things that happened. Blog-wise, um, there, there are three articles worth mentioning um, for folks that uh, care about such things. The first actually is kind of news. Um, it's on the ANSYS blog, and it's that um, 
2 million student versions of ANSYS have been downloaded so far. So that's a lot. I, I, I bet those HFSS versions uh, had a little bit to do with that big jump. Uh, we, I remember how long ago, but it wasn't too long ago that we talked about hitting that 1 million mark. So that's a lot of students um, learning and using ANSYS in their schooling. So fantastic. You get the details um, on the post on the ANSYS blog. Another one that I think is worth looking at is called ANSYS Fluent Helps Aeronautica Militares. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and my accent is horrible. Testing campaigns take flight. Um, and it's about how the Italian Air Force is leveraging simulation, and specifically how they included using Fluent to model stores uh, deployment. So that's, you know, those extra gas tanks that hang off the wings, and when they're empty, they drop them, and they're kind of light, so they can hit the plane and cause a lot of damage. So modeling that was really critical. They also covered how Fluent is using it to make testing better. So they're using Fluent to help design their testing. And one of my favorite topics in CFD right now, they are also starting to use Fluent for designing new hypersonic systems. So a, a great look at how um, an Air Force, Venerable Air Force, is using um, the ANSYS products, Fluent products specifically, to help uh, be per more prepared. Uh, and my last article is also about Fluent that I recommend. It's, um, it's it kind of the title explains it. It's called Top 6 New ANSYS Fluent Features in 2021. I won't tell you what they picked, but this is what the tech support team at ANSYS uh, chose for the their favorite six new uh, Fluent features, which is applicable to what we talked about today on the podcast. Um, now, as far as highlights for PDT in 2021, I just pu uh, published a blog uh, post on that. So if you go to the PDT website and go to our blog, you'll see it near the top. It's the 2021 in review. And uh, we had a lot of news throughout the year, and uh, including the promotions I talked about a little bit earlier, uh, new people, uh, new capabilities, some SBIR wins, some really cool stuff. So check that out. We got no events planned through the end of the year, um, although I will point out that one of the first events of the year is going to be Arizona Photonics Days uh, down in Tucson, Arizona. This is a big national, it's not a regional event so much as a national and sometimes international. We get folks uh, from all over the world that show up for that. If you don't know, Tucson is kind of uh, one of the world centers for optics and photonics uh, because of the University of Arizona's uh, program, as well as many of the companies that are down in Tucson. So um, it's it's my favorite uh, starting event for the year. I, I love it. Uh, a lot of smart people talking about some cool stuff in optics. And of course, we'll be there talking about the ANSYS optical tools, as well as how we use 3D printing to support uh, people designing optical and photonic systems. So a lot of fun and uh, always good to catch up with those folks. And it's live and not virtual this year, which I'm very excited about. So on that note, it's a wrap for 2021. Thank you again for making ANSYS PDT and our little podcast a part of your year. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter to keep up uh, on events with the, the uh, PADT world at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. And please spread the word. Please subscribe to the podcast and let people know about it. And as always, never hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 103. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time. 
and next year.